Ladies and gents, oh bloody hell, that sounds rough. Buddy, sort this mic out, will you? Right then, that's better. Right, ladies and gents, up next we've got a grand couple of lads who are here to talk about films, TV and cultural stuff in general. When they rang me up and asked for a slot, I did tell them, lads, I said, I just don't think Todd Madden's ready for that kind of thing. Anyway, they promised me they're not too stuck up, so please give them a big welcome. Oh, I forgot to mention, after Dave and Julie's wedding do got cancelled, we've got a load of pickled eggs left over, just five pence each. Fill your boots, otherwise Irene will be scoffing those behind bar. And eggs play bloody hell with her bowels, and we all remember what happened last time when Plumber came. Right, Barry, do these lads give you that CD with an intro music on? Best get it played, then. And unfortunately, due to human error, what you just heard was the only surviving part of our first ever live podcast uh, recording, which um, that's a real shame because it was great. Sticky carpets, smell of the grease paint, and of course, all the cheap shandies we could neck. Yeah, and honestly, I think it was the best show we've ever done. Mm. Um, People laughed, there was audience participation, and we've... We sold a few mouse mats, which always helped. The, the merch stall was, was overflowing. It had people. It had it people. Did. And Doris, bless her, helping us sell some stuff was cracking. Yes. Absolutely very, cracking. Very and, um, and, of course, we managed to... Uh, we, we, we gave them a hand to do the raffle tickets at the end as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Great night, great night. <laughs> I guess we're just going to have to do our best to recreate the magic for the listeners over the next hour or so and, and hope yeah. that lightning can strike twice. Yeah. What's the, that's all we can do. All we can do. Anywho. So, so um, do you know, it's been a pretty quiet day, news day, really, hasn't it, as, as, well, we're, as we're recording this? Nothing, nothing corrupt or no, you know, going no. on in the world of UK politics at all, I don't think. I, I've been kind of racking my brains all day, because I can normally think of something funny to say, um, a, a little pun or a joke. Um, it's not a fucking laughing matter, though, anymore, it is it? Really. No, I'm kind of... Done with the fucking lot of them, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of, um, we're not a political podcast, it, but it's 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 just insane, and I think people have just about had enough. And there are some local elections soon at the time of recording this. It better reflect what's going on in the world if because people, if it doesn't, if people still vote for this shower of twats, then. Fucking God help us. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to more brighter things. Channel 4 privatisation. Oh, Channel 4 privatisation. <laughs> Speaking of a shower of twats. Oh, God alive. Um, I mean, it's. Is it been confirmed or is it in the, in the, the to do's? What else can we fuck over in this country? Channel 4. They've. they've Stated it's their intention to channel uh, to privatise Channel Four. Of course, it's our, it's our, our intention to Channel Four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, our glorious culture secretary Nadine Doris didn't even know that Channel Four wasn't actually publicly funded. What, right? What's the term, Mark? Thick as pig shit. Thick as pig shit. Thick as mince. Thick as a whale omelette. 
Um, <laughs> not a political podcast. <laughs> take your pick. Um, yeah, so Channel 4, right? I think often gets kind of conflated with this whole thing that some people, again, have with the BBC, you know, what do we pay our licence fee for and all that kind of thing, which we've, which we've covered before. Um, and I think people get confused because Channel 4 is publicly owned, right? Owned by the government on behalf of the people. The people. But, but it is not publicly funded. It gets no money at all from the licence fee. It's paid for through advertising. Sure. So when people go on about, you know, Channel 4 doesn't represent us, why are we paying for it? We're not. And our own fucking culture secretary had to be told that. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? bit awkward. Did you know that, did you know that our Prime Minister to... had to be told that the party that he was at was a party? So it's awkward, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Awkward. Awkwardness after awkwardness. So this isn't actually a podcast. You know, it's, no, no, no it's, it just happens to be us chatting hundreds of miles apart and being yeah. recorded. It, yeah. It's bizarre, and somehow it ends up online. Just, just a technicality. Just a technicality. So, um, yeah, and what, I think what, what, what are the, what's the real, you know, um, consequence of of it being sold and made private? Is it it won't be as it edgy because it won't have the freedom that it has had because channel four you know if yeah. they were the they were first in a lot of things and that's basically it they're, right they're okay a public, they're a public service broadcaster right right they're here to provide the kind they're like the bbc in a way right and that they're here to provide the kind of programming that a profit focused shareholder focused business wants because they're being agenda to push, or not that there's necessarily an agenda, but for example, it, it's stuff that wouldn't. Right, you look at someone like ITV, right? Yeah. Then they've got shareholders, and all the shareholders care about is the profits and the dividends and the money they make from those shares. Right. So if if ITV put on a controversial show, right, subject matter or whatever, um. And the advertisers say boycott them, or the share price dips. Right, that affects those investors, those shareholders. Sure. Channel Four don't need to worry about that because ultimately they don't have shareholders. Yes, they need to make money. They need to make money from advertising to fund the programs, but profit isn't the point. Right. Making enough money from advertising to cover the cost of the programs is the point, and so you get shows like Queer as Folk. I mean, we're going back 20-odd years, right? Mm. Queer as folk would never have been on ITV. You get things like... But don't forget as well, right? Channel 4 have got Film 4. Mm. They have been involved in... Some of the best British films ever made, to be honest. Some of the best, biggest, most internationally successful stuff like, if I'm not mistaken, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. You've got things like Shaun of the Dead. One that surprised me recently was... Last night in Soho, yes, and um, yep. Greed that I watched on Netflix the other day, I, I didn't realise was film four, mm-hmm. but yeah, you you look at the list that's publicly available on the website, Dream Horse, which was relatively new, and they've got things like that, the crossover. So you've got film four made. This is England, sure. Channel four then carried on made the TV sequels. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. You got stuff, you know, the Danny Boyle stuff, train spotting. 
Ex Machina. Ex Machina. So much stuff. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just about the TV side. Hey, Mark, we should capitalize capitalize that. Let me go killing. (laughs) I'm kidding. And it might be be that Film 4 gets spun off as a separate company and carries on doing its great work. It'll probably get bought by Amazon, won't it? Let's face it. Probably, but the synergy between Film Four and Channel Four as the same company essentially means you have that that link, right? That mm. the kind of crossover thing. The, I think the risk of it going private is you lose the, a, a, again, right? And again, it, it's the same argument as the BBC. Well, they don't make any programs I like. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Everybody has watched Naked Attraction at least once to go. Right. What the fuck is this? Exactly. <laughs> I don't watch that. I don't watch Hollyoaks, right? But I love a bit of 8 out of 10 cats. Right? Quite sure. Etc, etc, etc. Everyone will find something on there that they like. But that's not the point. It's not about necessarily what is it that you want to watch. It's it's the fact that here is a, a, a commercial station that is making stuff that, that others won't or can't. And they mm. also team up and they do international productions. One of the arguments they're, they're using here is that Channel 4 need to compete with the likes of Netflix. You go onto Netflix, half the fucking stuff they've got is Channel 4. Yeah, yeah. You go on Netflix and they've got Derry Girls. They've got, if, if they don't have it now, they certainly have had it. Peep Show, In Between Us, right? The streamers get half of their content from the TV channels in a given country, right? There isn't no need to compete. It's a, it's a, you know, there's co-productions, there's licensing deals. Where's the need to compete? It's a different market. They don't need to compete with Netflix because it's a different, yeah. not a different audience because obviously people watch both. But it's a different market. It's streaming versus terrestrial television, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's what it comes down to. This is just a big hissy fit by the government. Because essentially, Channel Four News is one of the very few uh, mainstream news outlets that calls the government out on its bullshit. Mm. They've got a fantastic, independently-minded team, and it's not just the Conservative government. They did the same with Labour fifteen, twenty years ago, right? They do it to whichever government is in place and that's kind of the job right sure you report the news you call out the bullshit and you ask the tough questions and this government does not like being asked the tough questions that is why you've got them going on about cancelling the license fee before the end of the decade now they're focusing the their, their tantrum on channel four that's it's that's all it is it's a tantrum because they don't like being called out and as you said, we're not a political podcast. <laughs> and we're not. We're a cultural <laughs> podcast. But, but that's culture. what it comes down to. It's, it's, and it's the same thing going. that I said. Say again. Are we still going about this? I'm just saying. It's the same thing I said <laughs> with the license fee, right? You you may complain about having to pay the license fee. You may complain about Channel 4 making shit programs that you don't like. But when those things are gone and the focus is just getting in as many viewers and as much advertising revenue as possible and profit for the shareholders, you're really going to miss what you had. Oh, agreed. I, I'm fully on board with that. You know, and I think that there's there's there's, there's petitions and, and all this lot. 
every, all you know, there's so many people within Channel Four have come out and said it's a, just a really fucking bad idea. It's met with so much opposition. One can only hope it doesn't actually go through. Agreed. Agreed. Either they back down or they get defeated at some point along in the legislation. Mm. Let's leave it there. Let's see how okay. things go. Uh, let's move on to happier news. Happier news? Happier the news. incredibly dark <laughs> satirical <laughs> drama, I suppose. Inside yeah. number nine yes. is back on our screens. BBC Two, oh. 20th of April at 10pm. Cannot wait. Is it satirical? I, I... Well, this, this is what I love about it, right? It changes all the time. Some are dead serious. Some are laugh out loud funny. The genres within each season, it's brilliant. Yeah, there's satire. I, I, in I enjoyed the last series. There was a really uh, my my favorite one from the last series was the devil, um, in the hotel room, mm. um, with the old guy oh, and the yeah. nurse. I th- oh, that was thoroughly excellent. Just, and big fan of Pemberton and Shea Smith and the bloody brilliant together yeah. and I'm looking forward to seeing who pops up um, this, well, this time one of the guest stars in the new series is Mark Gatiss, the other League of Gentlemen Gentlemen. Ah, has he not been in it yet? I don't think he's been in it, I think this is his first time ah. it, apparently it's an episode about a university reunion Ah, oh, that's quite um, poetic of course they were all at uni together, right, originally so. Ah, I mean news to me, but that makes a lot of sense yeah uh, I'm looking forward to it. Not too long to wait, just over a no. week or week or two, maybe. Just a um, great show. The fact that they can come up with fresh ideas every time, mm. just brilliant. brilliant. Some some darker it. than others. Some just oh, yeah. comic, comic, comedic, comedic. Yeah. Um, I I I do want a really dark, scary one though. Um, yes, they're good at those. They, yeah. They're really good. They're really good at horror. Did you see the the "Quote unquote live one, the Halloween one that they. Do you know? Um, I heard about it at the time, and I discovered number nine after the fact that aired. But I'm going to watch it before this series Mm. because apparently it was brilliant. It reminded me of um, was it was it Ghost Watch? Ghost Watch, right? It's reminded me of that. What I love about them going back to League of Gentlemen is that they really play on those kind of horror tropes. They're, they're all huge fans of like the seventies, like Hammer and Amicus horror movies. Okay. Um, so like League of Gentlemen, the Christmas. There's a League of Gentlemen Christmas special that was like a three part, I think, anthology episode, and that was very kind of Amicus esque. I've uh, only watched the first two episodes of Gentlemen, but I'm I've been th- oh. I was thinking about it the other day because of Number Nine coming back. Yeah. Thinking I'll go do it, and um, um, Reese Pemberton was on. Reese Pemberton, Smith. oh my god. Which one? Steve or Reese? Well, this is the thing. <laughs> Both of them were because it was the Great British menu. Oh right. Um Steve Pemberton was the guest judge one episode, but then Shea yeah. Smith turned up at the banquet. So oh, we can leave that in because factually that was a quick way of saying Steve Pemberton and Reese Shea Smith. It's like Benefer, isn't it? Benefit Bannister. When the superstars are dating, they merge the names. Yeah, I can't think of any others because I don't give a shit. Shedwood. They're not dating each other, Mark. <laughs> well, just but, oh, I are they? <laughs> now then, <laughs> no, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think they, the fact they managed to come up with fresh stuff every time. Mm. Um, the the magician one. I think that was the first episode oh, of the last series. That was really brilliant. clever. 
that was brilliant that was so good and they're really kind of they, they managed to switch you know there was one in the first season was it the first or second episode that was I think it was the second episode called A Quiet Night In which is almost silent all the way through that's the first one the, the two robbers yeah no that was the first episode was Sardines where oh, everyone's trying to hide right, in the nerd um, but just the the fact they go from as you say the, the comedy stuff the horror stuff um, they've not done anything really kind of actiony I don't know if that would fit but they keep it fresh they keep it funny interesting and there's some really kind of there's some that kind of really hit emotionally as well yeah 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 um, just brilliant can't wait can't wait we'll talk about it when when we've seen a few absolutely um, so going back briefly to streaming. Obviously, the the sale of MGM has all now gone through with Amazon, and they've announced that all of the official bonds, so we're not counting the original Casino Royale or Never Say Never Again, are going to be on Prime Video in April for a limited time. Um, what do you reckon to that? I mean, I guess it depends on how long the limited time is, because... It's a lot of films, and I think you can be um, out-bonded quite quickly. Mm. That's always been my experience with Bond films. Like I wouldn't, I didn't re-watch the Craig films before seeing No Time to Die because I'd have been out-bonded really quickly. And I think some of the had, older had you, ones. Had you seen them originally, though? I had, but you just didn't re-watch them. I, I tell a lot. Re- I think I watched Casino Royale. Okay. Again, and I have a feeling I'd watched Skyfall relatively recently, but I certainly okay. didn't watch Quantum, Spectre. I think there's another one in there. Quantum Assault um, Spectre. Skyfall? Yeah, no, Skyfall, no, Skyfall I liked. So yeah, Casino Royale, mm. Quantum of Solace, Spec- Skyfall, Spectre. Spectre. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? No time to time. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So I watched a few of them, but no, no, for no reason. I think I read a, a recap of Spectre going into No Time to Die, just so I remembered. Okay. Um, but, you know, some of the original ones... I've not seen all of the Bond films. I own... I have them, but I haven't seen yeah. them all. Yeah. For the same reason I've just explained, I sort of get a bit bored of it. And that, su- that sucks to admit, but I do. Mm. Yeah, I've... I mean, I've got them all. I've seen all of them at least once, um, but obviously there's there's some the the quality varies wildly, right? And there's, some <laughs> sure. that are ob- there's some that are obviously a lot more rewatchable than others. Um, but I think it's it's not. I guess it's not a surprise that they're going to be on there. Well, uh, no, I mean they, they've they've spent what was it four billion or twelve billion? Something like that. Something I don't I don't know what it was, but it was billions of pounds or billions of yeah. dollars, whatever, and. They uh, are gonna probably use it as a push for subscribers, mm, um, mm. but I I I don't know how it'll feel because I feel out of all the streaming services that we are forced to have these days, yeah, I feel that Prime is the weakest in terms of quality, even though it might be four K UHD. Mm. I think it's. Again, I'm, I, I don't know the technical side of it, but it, it feels milky. It doesn't feel as crisp as Disney+. Plus. I think Disney+, Plus is the best. I think you might be right, actually. It's in terms of actual streaming quality, 
picture, picture and sound quality. Yeah. Now TV is the shittest. Oh, I've yeah. never, ever, ever been able to watch a full film on Now TV without it being pixelated in one or two oh. scenes. Okay. And they keep, oh, it's your internet. It's like, fucking yeah. well, isn't Sky? <laughs> now, this isn't an anti-Sky podcast. Well, give us a Sky glass then, Sky, and we'll talk. <laughs> but right now, Now TV is gash. <laughs> I think, personally, the worst thing for Amazon Prime Video for me is the app. The app's just awful. I'm trying to find stuff. Do, do you know what I find funny about the Prime app? I see it on Twitter mm. all the time because yeah, I'm a Twitter mm. lurker. And someone goes, oh, my God, now... Uh, Oh my god, Prime's crap. You pay for the subscription and there's all these films you still got to pay for. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, I know this was a conversation in the Slack and I'm, I don't want to slag off the person that brought it up because that's not where I was coming at from that, I promise mm. you. But mm. it's like Prime or Amazon as a whole is a seller. They're not specifically <laughs> a service to stream yeah. like Netflix, don't sell anything else bar the that's service. True. That is so very I think true. it's fair that they're going to have these rights to show these films. But you're mm. going to have to pay it because they don't have the the, mm. the license to show it free. Yeah. But you just yeah. have to be and smart where you look. I'm sorry. It's not... I think I think on the search thing, I think there is an option to, to toggle it so it only shows your results for stuff that's included in the price. Included with Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, no, you're right. You're right. They, they... Yes, they're not just a streamer. They sell stuff as well. That that's true. Back going back to the Bond stuff, it's also been announced that starting next week, um, View and Odeon will be screening all of the films as well. What from the right from the beginning? Yep. Nice. Different different one each week. Um, from next week through to the end of September. Pretty cool. Uh, and they will be in 4K, all of them, um, which suggests then that. The physical Amazon physical release. That's my physical oh. release song. Well, yes, physical release. Um, <laughs> but it suggests that at least the Amazon streaming versions will be 4K. Yeah, but it won't be as good I... as if it was on Netflix. No, but then <laughs> we could then logically expect a 4K physical release. Sing by it year as well. I think. Do you want to do your 4K physical release song? No, nah, the moment's passed now. Let's move on. Uh... Okay. But yeah, Bond, Bond, four K Prime physical release. <laughs> so, Get back down that working men's club, Mark. In you keep. Hey, four K. Let's do some reviews. Let's do some reviews. Go on then. Well, we've had as of recording, not as of release. As of release, there'll be the fourth one out or third one out. I can't remember. Uh, third, yeah. Third one out. Um, two episodes of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far. Mm. I'm interested where it's going. Still mm-hmm. don't really know what's going on. Yeah. But have Disney just given up on good CG? It's a bit iffy, isn't it? The suit's um, pretty cool, but the car yeah. chase was laughable. Mm. So it was like something out of a two mid two thousands Vin Diesel film. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. I'm kind of trying not to let that take away from it. Um and let's, as you say, let's kind of see where it goes. I'm, I'm enjoying where it's going so far. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, just because, again, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm keen now to see where it's going. And I like mm. the... I, I just like watching the Oscar Isaacs just flip to to his his Mark persona or his Stephen mm. persona. And it's, it's mm. again, we're not going to give anything away, but it's really cool how they interact 
with yes. each other. Yeah. There's some really clever scenes with, you know, him fighting with himself, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some real... Because they're obviously it's the same actor, right? There's no additional makeup. There's nothing like that. But it has that effect. It's a similar effect, you know, when you're watching um, Christopher Reeve play Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. And when he's Clark Kent, he's like he's bumbling and he's kind of hunched over a little bit and he holds himself quite timidly and and kind of always he's like six foot odd as an actor, but he he makes himself looks small if you know what I mean and then he takes off the glasses and suddenly grows about six inches oy, oy. and it's like hey up oh, now then um, do you know what I mean so there's like it's the same actor in the same clothes but physically there's just like there's a distinct difference yeah he holds himself differently and that's really clever really subtle and I know one of the things that kind of they were taking the piss out of on the trailers was his English accent I think it works though. Now I've I seen it. Works. I think he's actually really good. The more you hear it, it, it does a really good job. Uh, and I think it's helped with the dialogue. I don't know. I don't think it's written by a British. Well, writer. there's some, there's some British gags in there. But there's they've definitely had a a, a British polish, if you know what I mean. Well, it's the fact that he shouted oh bollocks at one point. I yeah, thought was, looked, I was like, well, that's British because I use that word yeah, regularly. He looks in the mirror and he's like. Oh, I look like a knob. Yeah. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like there's definitely been a pass. Some British writer has had a go at it kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's um, it's fun so far. There's some nice humour in it, as you say, kind of British humour almost. But I'm waiting for it to turn to the, this is the edge of what we could have put in it to make it a 12A or whatever is in America, but, you know, yeah. not, not a rated R because so far it's had some scary moments that have genuinely made me jump. But mm. there's nothing that I think, oh, this is hard for a 12, you know. Um, no. The Falcon and the Winter yet. Soldier had the new Captain America decapitate person, and it was yeah. bloody. We haven't had yeah. any of that yet, so I'm waiting Not for yet. that to happen. Not yet. Um, but we'll see. No, good so far, though. Good so far. Um, go on, then. What else? Let's stay with Disney+. Plus. Um, Sebastian Stan earning his Disney paycheck money. Oh, yes. In uh, Fresh, right. with Daisy Edgar Jones, I think is the okay. name of the female okay. lead. Um, yep. Essentially, uh, it's a thriller. But if you talk to a wife, she said that was an absolute horror film, and I'll come okay. on to why. So, the concept is um, a girl meets a man, and the man turns out to be a cannibal, essentially, who kidnaps people, kidnaps women. And sells their flesh organs to rich men who like that sort of thing. And as as my wife said, she I said, oh, that wasn't as as gory and or scary as I thought it was going to be. Be it based on the ads, she went, no, but as as a lady, that that is terrifying. You know, you go out on a on a date, think it's all fine, and you then get drugged and get entrapped and become trapped. I was like, yep, that's fair enough. You know, not a side I'd ever think of. Um, but it was a bit graphic, you know, you just <laughs> cutting people up like <laughs> mm, mm. it was um it was a good film. Um Okay. I've not seen it yet, but I've heard very good things about it. It's it's certainly it's worth the, a watch. Yeah, definitely certainly on my list. Watch. Def- maybe maybe we'll take some list. of that out so it's not as spoilery. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But um maybe, for me I I'd, I'd give it a, a solid three. Out of five. Oh, okay. I think All I right. want I wanted cool. a bit more 
bit more blood and guts just because mm. of the concept of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll give it a watch. But, uh, Sebastian Stan, who's excellent, so... Yes, he is, he's actually. He's definitely growing on me. I, I wasn't too keen on him at first, um, but definitely growing on me. Have you watched um, Pam and Tommy yet? No. Okay, wait, no. watch him in that. Um, talking of horror. So, so talking of horror, and now this is Netflix, um, there's a new documentary on there, two-parter, Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story. Have you watched this one? Uh, no, but a friend has started it and basically said what we all have said over the last ten years is how the frig did no one ever act on it. Mm, mm. It's an interesting one. It's um, There is that. Yeah, absolutely. It does raise that question. Uh, and there are some attempts to answer that. Not very convincing necessarily, but, you know. Um, I think for the average British viewer... Who kind of knows what's been going <laughs> yeah, so on? Yeah, like, we we've all lived through it, haven't we? Like yeah. we, a lot of people who, especially the the older generation, will know of him in back in the day. Yeah, and you know the younger generations will have known the fallout of what has happened since. Yeah, I think as a documentary, for the for a British viewer who has lived through it and and, and so on, there's probably not a lot of new information in there. Right, okay. I think it does a good job of condensing all the various stories and and gives it all context and all that kind of thing. But ultimately, at the end of it, I'm not sure that you've necessarily learned anything new. Okay, that's fair enough. They've also left out some of the... There were certain accusations around necrophilia basically right um that they don't even mention which is an interesting one well as I... as a brit and with the other documentaries that have been on yeah we we've been made aware of that and exactly. um, you know exactly. those who know that he was connected to hospitals mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yes they again whether it was proven or not i don't know cuz well none of it was proven while he was alive no, um, but I, I wonder yeah. if maybe they've not that he can sue them, obviously. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder if they just left those out because they are a little bit more outlandish, and there's maybe not quite as much evidence to no. back up. Who knows? I think what I'm inter- what I would be interested in, is the kind of um, views from other countries. You know, this did make the news in other countries, but obviously just as something that was going on somewhere else. But now this whole kind of... I think the two parts, I think, are almost three hours long in total. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be interested... Because, like, in America, they've obviously had Weinstein, they've had the Cosby stuff. This beats all of that, right? I mean, not that it's a competition, but it really does... (laughs) blow Weinstein and Cosby out of the water, right? So I'd be interested in, like, the American view. Well, I, I did read a read one thing that um, Americans were looking at it and going, I mean, the Brits are thick, because what, what did they... Uh, why didn't they do anything? And then I looked at it from another point of view, going, just remember the president you voted in 
um, a couple of years ago, like, you know. Yeah, but again, why didn't they do anything about Weinstein for years? Why didn't they do anything about Cosby for years? You know what I mean? It's like, you can say it, but it goes both ways, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But, But I think it's an interesting documentary. I think it's very well put together. There are certainly some people on there who... I've not necessarily seen on any of the documentaries about him before. Right. Um, they interview one journalist who's... When it all came out, it was after he died, and a group, a couple of journalists put together... I mean, they, they filmed a report, they interviewed uh, victims on camera, they had it all there, ready to go for an article on BBC Newsnight. And it was canned, like, within, I think, 24 hours before it was due to go out the segment was canned from Newsnight. They didn't want to go near it. So basically, the, the journalists gave everything, all the, not the filmed footage, because that was belonged to the BBC. But, but, they but gave the data and... The data, the, yeah. the research, everything they had, they gave to ITV. And it was ITV who then made the, the famous documentary. Right. That came out like a year after he died, something like that. That kicked the whole thing off. Right. Okay. So they interview one of those journalists, and he talks a bit about what went on at Newsnight, it being cancelled, and now he gave everything to ITV and all that kind of thing. So there's certainly, and, and you know, there's some interesting perspectives because it, he did raise millions of for charity, right? Uh, especially Stoke Mandeville Hospital, he raised ten million pounds in three years to rebuild Stoke Mandeville Hospital, and there's interviews with some of the staff and some of the patients there who were going obviously it was a monster regardless of what's come out but look what he he did but from their perspective they never saw him do anything bad they they personally never saw any bad behavior what they saw was a guy who was asked to help a hospital that was falling apart and raised 10 million pounds to rebuild it that's 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 what i've seen that in various documentaries and it's for them it must be so difficult for them to reconcile because they never saw any bad behavior or they never registered any bad behavior they might have seen it and not realized who knows sure but from their perspective he's the guy who saved their hospital they are you know wheelchair bound for life they could have had a miserable existence and he helped raise the money to fund the facilities that that you know could have literally been the difference between life and death for some of these. People. On the flip side of that, though, I'm sure the documentary goes into it. He used that power and abused oh, well, that. It's my hospital. Do you want do you want that wing? Well, you better let me crack on what I'm doing then. Potentially, that does that kind of thing did go on. Yeah, and I do recall reading when this was all coming out years ago. You know, when it, if ever he was questioned and, and kind of. Th- perhaps threatened with a story he would say well look all this money I've raised who's who else is there going to be if I go to prison no one else is going to be around who can raise this kind of money I mean Cap- Sir Captain Tom Moore God bless him <laughs> that's, a, that's another political scandal actually well that, that's something else isn't it yeah but, but no I think um, definitely it's worth a watch um, through you may be watching from behind a cushion or through your fingers at some of the stuff of just like, how on earth did people do... And what's interesting, to be honest, is the show footage of him, where he's being like 
candid and he's basically admitting to what he's doing. He's not denying what he's doing, but he's doing it as a kind of almost a, in a kind of performance way that then you think, oh, it must be a joke. Mm. But actually, no, he's, he's really saying what he's really doing. <laughs> People just thought he was playing a, yeah. a character, an act. Uh, it's fascinating. Well worth a watch. Even if you're familiar with it, I'd say it's worth a watch as okay. a kind of a good summary of everything. And as I said, I'm interested in seeing what what people who are not familiar with it, you know, thought. Yeah, of, think, yeah. thought of it. Um, yeah, wow, bonkers. Anyway, so, anyway. So it's been a bit of a miserable week, all told. With it's the been a miserable few years. Well, yeah, there is. <sighs> that. So lighten the mood a little bit. Let's have a little feature that we've not had for a bit. Back by popular demand. Yes. <laughs> Basically just us two. Uh, <laughs> fancy, fancy doing it again. Let's get busy with the quizzy. Yay! It's Dan versus Mark. It's Dan versus Mark. Okay, right then. So, quiz this week is mastermind style. We've both picked a specialist film subject. Yeah. And then we are gonna we're doing five of those questions, and then we're doing five general knowledge film questions. Obviously, we don't know what questions we're gonna be asked. Nope. Um, but at least we know for the first bit the subject for the first five questions. Yes. Would you like to be the uh, question taker or the question uh, giver? Oh, oh, receive or give? Oh, receive, yeah, receive I don't know. Oh, oh, I've panicked. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dish out the questions first. Okay, okay. So, so, your name? Mark. Occupation? Podcast presenter and legend. Okay, and your specialist film is? Alien 3. Okay, so we don't have a timer. There's five questions, mm-hmm. five points on the table. Alien 3. What does the Hungarian title of Alien 3 translate to? Oh, piss. <laughs> I've got a book on Alien. I like Alien 3. Yeah, not the fucking Hungarian version. Fuck <laughs> me. I don't know. Teeth creature in space. Oh. No. Um, Go on. Alien, final solution, death. Which is funny, because it's alien and a fucking number. How is that the Hungarian translation? (laughs) Go on, right, okay. Number two. Number two. I can't stop laughing now. Sorry. Oh, God. Number two. (laughs) Oh, piss is my alarm now. (laughs) Get me up. Yeah, wait till we get get to yours. (coughs) Fucking hell. I'm going to start again. Uh, okay, number two. Hmm. True or false? Ripley was never meant to be in Alien Three. The original scripts for Alien Three were written on the assumption that Sigourney Weaver would not want to be involved. So, if that's your criteria, then true. Originally, she was not involved in the early scripts. Correct. True. What is the body count in the theatrical cut of Alien 3? I'll allow you five either side. Mm-hmm. 
Eighteen. I mean, a good, good, good guess. Uh, Twenty-nine. Uh, what? There aren't that many fucking characters in it. <laughs> Twenty-nine. And the assembly cut. I don't know what that is. Thirty-two. Fucking okay, all right. Okay. What was the planet that they were located on? Fiorina. Brackets. Fury. One six one. Correct. Two so far. Mm. What was Sigourney Weaver's fee for appearing in this film? I want to say $5 million. Uh, 5.5, I'll give you that. Yee. So three three out of five on your specialist subject. Not you got some bad. trick questions in there. so I think that's fair, because you always try to catch me out, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Don't <laughs> <I> mean. <laughs> okay, so that was, that was three for your three. specialist. Okay. Uh, would you like your general knowledge questions? Yeah, let's go for it. Come on. Righty-dokey. General knowledge, then, for Mark Allround Legend. And, turns out, doesn't know much about Alien 3. Um, face. In what year was the first general release film in Technicolor? Uh, you're clicking. I can hear clicking. I hope no, you're not cheating. That's my pen. Does that help you think? Yeah. I'm going to try it. thinking pen. Um, that's it. <laughs> um, we do all our own sound effects here on Cold Technicolor. Trumpet. Technicolor. 1939. Uh, 1922. Really? Oh, okay. It's the first general release film as well, so yeah. it was, you know, it wasn't like the specialist, look what Technicolor does. Oh, right. And okay. I, I should have noted it down, but That's I didn't. older than I thought. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number two, how many, how many released Walt Disney Animation Studios films are there? Purely Disney? Not including Pixar. Considering uh, it's all the question, all the information you need is in the question. Oh, Walt goodness. Disney Animation Studios. Right. Yes. 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 Um, fifty. Oh, 60, Close. Oh. Okay. Uh, Encanto was the last one. That was sixty. Right. Okay. Cool. Which film composers? Composer. Sorry. Rephrase that correctly because I know how important this is to you. Which <laughs> film composer has won the most Academy Awards? I mean, I would say it's probably got to be John Williams. Incorrect. Oh, it's... Right, hang on, hang on. I know I've lost the point. Let me think. Okay, okay. Because I do have some stats here. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh no, go on. I was okay. going to say Jerry Goldsmith, but I don't think it's. Him. No, it's not that either. So Alfred Newman with nine. Right. Um, joint third is John Williams and John Barry. Oh, right. Hans with Zimmer. Uh, that bit I didn't write down. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> but Hans Zimmer has only ever won two Oscars, which surprised me. Really? I thought he'd won much more. Oh, and he, and he's like he's... ninth on the list of top ten. It should have won much more. You, just, and you thought, yeah. yeah, the way they go on about it. Anyway, uh, wait, what film was the first film to use photorealistic computer-generated fire? Fire? Fire. Uh, um, Dragonheart. <gasps> I mean, brilliant guess. Backdraft. Oh. <laughs> that computer-generated? Apparently. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I did my research. Um, <laughs> I mean, what was the film you said again? Rain of Fire. 
No, not Rain of Fire. That was the one I was thinking of, but I said Dragonheart. Uh, That's, no, no, sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. When I said Dragonheart, I meant Dragonheart, only because I couldn't remember the name of Rain of Fire. Uh, so you're thinking Dragonheart, the film that Sean Connery voiced a dragon? Correct. Right. No. Still no. Okay. I was thinking Rain of Fire when you said Dragonheart. <laughs> <laughs> Which 1995 submarine drama featured uncredited additional dialogue courtesy Crimson of... Tide. Quentin Tarantino. Crimson Tide. Correct. Have a point. Thank you. A That's s- four in total. A four of ten. That's fucking terrible. But the thing is, right. I think, because by me going first... Yeah. I can get... I've got my own back for all the times you've shafted me in a quiz. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for your go? No anymore. Let's just move on. <laughs> Go for it. Right then. Name? Dan. Occupation? Culture trumpet podcast extraordinaire. Badass motherfucker. We And your chosen specialist subject film? The Back to or the films? Future trilogy. Back to the Future trilogy. You have five questions on the Back to the Future trilogy. Time starts now. Name the actor who replaced Crispin Glover in the Back to the Future sequel. Jeffrey Wiseman. Correct. Which star made his film debut in Back to the Future 2? Um, oh, bollocks. I was going to say Flea, but he's it's not Flea. Flea. Nope. Elijah Wood. Oh, of course, the kid, yeah. What was one of the alternate names suggested for the first Back to the Future film? Spaceman from Pluto. Correct. As a little bonus point, not really a bonus point, but just see if you know, can you recall why that was suggested and how Steven Spielberg reacted? Uh, It was suggested by the studio, wasn't it? Hmm. But didn't either, I can't remember what Spielberg did? I've got in my head he refused. He would refuse to make it. I can't remember. No, it was, it, well, it was Sidney Scheinberg, the head of the studio, suggested it personally in a in a memo, and Spielberg reacted oh, by replying to the memo no, yeah. and including everyone in the reply, congratulating Sidney Scheinberg on his hilarious joke. And how it had made everyone, it had given everyone in the office a really good laugh. Uh, I mean, I would have seen that in the, um, the movies that made us doc, because I've, I've, I have yeah. heard that. So it basically embarrassed him into uh, backing down. I mean, Spielberg okay. was a bloody cowboy, wasn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great. So that, that was, there's a point anyway, right. Huey Lewis famously has a cameo in Back to the Future, but what are his lines? I'm sorry, you guys are just too darn loud. I'll give you half a point for that because that's his second line. What's Quiet, his please. First line? Nope. Ah, oh, you bastard. I'm having... No, I think I should have that. No. His first line is, next, please. Oh. Then his second line is, hold it, fellas. I'm afraid you're just too down line. Of course, he stands up and whilst they're still playing, next, please. Half a point. Rude. What is the family... That runs the Hill Valley manure business. <laughs> That's a good one. That Biff and Buford Tannen seem to keep running into. Oh, that's a really good question. 
Oh, I'm, I'm going to... I don't know, but I'm going to go with Lloyd as a nod to Christopher Lloyd. Okay. Jones. Oh, bugger. Good Welsh name. Good Welsh name. Okay. <laughs> so, three and a half points. Not bad. But, I mean, right, then. I can do this. General knowledge <laughs> I'm now. I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think you're going to get this one. Where did Indiana Jones get his name from? His dog. The dog. What dog? His dad's dog. His dad's dog? Indiana Jones' dad's dog? The dog. Which dog? (laughs) You know, the dog. I'm going to have to say no to that one, I'm afraid. (laughs) George Lucas's dog. The dog? Was called Indiana. Yeah, you couldn't tell me which dog. (laughs) Doesn't matter, I said dog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his name's not Dog Jones, is it? (laughs) Fuck me. Right then. Next, you're not getting that one. Fuck off! I, Next, I said dog. Yeah, you say which dog? <laughs> the answer is which dog? George Lucas's dog. <laughs> right, dog. I'll move on. Oh god! What is Michael Keaton's real name? Dog. Um, hang on. <laughs> I don't know. Michael Douglas. Is it? Oh, obviously, you have yeah. to change that. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Former cinematographer Jan de Bont made his directorial debut with which film? Lethal Weapon. Speed. Great. How many people have played Sarah Connor on screen? Oh, Christ. Well. Well. It's a trick question here. Because you have Linda Hamilton... Correct. Linda Hamilton's twin. No. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not including Linda Hamilton's twin. Fuck, I thought I was being clever then. You were, and I'd forgotten about that, but I'm not, incl- <laughs> I'm not including that. Well, that doesn't count then, so I think I should have at least half a point. Anyway, just okay, keep okay. Going. So Linda Hamilton, Linda mm. Hamilton's twin. Just add one onto the number you've got, Mark. Okay, um, yeah, go on, go on. Amelia Clark. Uh-huh. Then there's the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I've never seen it, but I'm assuming there's at least one actress in there. Mm-hmm. And for one, for good measure, five. No. Uh, it, well, including Linda Hamilton's twin, if you insist on doing that, it's four. I should have stuck with my gut. You should have stopped where you were. Oh, no. still. I think you're still on three and a half points. I said dog. I'm... Last question. Uh, <laughs> my cockiness has slid straight off. It really has. In the, in the film The Shining, the infamous room where nasty things happen is room 237. What number is the room in the book of The Shining? I've never read the bloody book. I think that sounds like your problem. <laughs> why would why would Kubrick have changed the number? I'll go with room thirteen. Or or, or mm, no. Mm. My brain goes room thirteen because it's unlucky or room one hundred one for some reason. But room thirteen. Room two one seven. What's the point? What is the point? Apparently, the hotel that was used for the exteriors for the film mm. um, 
had a room 217 and they asked him to change it so they didn't just have people coming and wanting to stay in room 217. I mean, that's a valid they didn't. Point. They didn't have a room 237. Right, okay. So they just wanted him to change it to a room that they didn't have. Absolute oh, no. piss. That looks like you got three and a half and I got four. I said dog. The question was, where did Indiana Jones get his name? You might as well have said... The dog. You might have... Which dog? <laughs> you might as well have just said the question. Cabbage. <laughs> no, because Indiana right? Jones wasn't named after a cabbage. He was no, named after. He a was dog. named after George Lucas's dog. And you said the same word, dog. <laughs> but which? <laughs> anyway, it, oh, it's a shame you're such a bad loser. Uh, Never mind. No, you're just a shit quiz host. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a shame we've run out of time, really, to talk I'm about anything else. I'm glad you suggested bringing the quiz back. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> it was great. Even though, I, well, I will take solace in, I said dog, which means I will sleep tonight, because I so I'll know... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'll give you half a point for dog, and we can call it a draw. Bongo. I'm fine. Because <laughs> you know, you know deep down that I'm right, dog. Sorry, but the answer's got to be specific. <laughs> and well, you're, you're soft then for giving me half a point. But <laughs> there we are. Your decision, not mine. I said dog. <coughs> uh, if you think great. I've been robbed, listeners. That was that was great. That was fantastic. Um, well, on that bombshell where I've had to let Dan draw. I mean, it's, so it's, it's level playing field for the next quiz. So he didn't. You know, throw his toys completely out of the pram. <laughs> I think, I think we we can all agree, can't we, that I'm morally the winner. Um, and so, so we'll leave. What, what, that. Have, what have we learned? What have we, we learned on this journey? We've learned that precision is important. Yes, and precision in I'm the way that the question is <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> precision doesn't... in the way that the question is phrased to the oh, to the yeah. quizzer. The, you mean the question? How did Indiana Jones get his name? I mean, if you so if vague, you left out the name George Lucas, the next mm. part, dog, is what I answered, which is still correct. Yeah, but who's who's dog? I don't care. In fact, originally, you said his dad's dog. <laughs> yeah, the, which is completely wrong. It was still fucking dog. <laughs> Yeah, but not even the right fucking person. You specifically said the wrong person's dog. <laughs> I changed my mind. So, do you know, I think I'm going to take that half point away. <laughs> oh, bollocks. Oh. Well, oh well, so then. On, on that victory... <laughs> I'm off for a cry. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave it there, and, yeah. and we'll see you again at the time. Bye, listeners. I might be back, I might not, it depends. <laughs> Yeah, it might, it might just be stuck with me on my own next time. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> Bye. Bye.